You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Good morning. Got it right the first time, didn't we, on the mic? That's kind of unusual. Good to see you all this morning. How many of you enjoyed the day yesterday? Raise your hand. All right. I really didn't expect to see as many of you out here today because I thought y'all caught the same thing I did. I had spring fever. <laughs> Whew. Anyway, um, I'd like for y'all to be on a serious note, be praying for Marty this morning. He's under the weather, <laughs> bad weather, cold weather. But uh, he's he's not feeling very well today. And he, um, he called me yesterday and he, he'd been sick and wanted me to share with you guys. So that's that's why I am here. Um. And it was so cold this morning, I started to put on a button-up shirt. But then some of the other folks had shirts on like this. So I thought, well, I'll just wear this shirt. So I kind of like blend in, you know, just a little bit. So anyway, I'm glad you are here. And I, I hope that you don't have spring fever, okay? Um, this morning, I want to share with you from, from God's Word. And I'm, we're going to be talking about how to keep the unity of the church or the unity of God's people. And, um, you know, most of the time on any given Sunday morning, most of the people you have in the crowd are uh, born again believers or um, people that are seeking and, and people that are searching. So we all understand, even even if you wasn't a born again, uh, listen at me, let me start over. Even if you were not a born again believer, bought by the blood and baptized into the body and bound by the book. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. Um, you would still know that what we say is so important. What, how we say it, what we say, when we say it, all of these things are really important. So that's what I want to share with you uh, this morning from God's word about um, just watching what we say. Thinking about what we say, um, listening to other people as they respond and just being able to um, to build each other up. Um, I want to look at in the book of James, chapter three, to start with. And um, I want to give you guys two challenges this morning. One at the beginning and one at the end. The one at the beginning is this. For all you guys that are in small groups and you guys that have um, uh, that you are a small group leader, I'm going to challenge you to take the question or take the uh, scriptures that's out front. I hope you picked up papers on the way in. Um, and I want you to just kind of jot down your thoughts under each each scripture as we share together. And then um, whenever you have your small group, just share together what you've learned from your study. And I, chal- I challenge you to study a little bit each day in um, in the verses that we'll be looking at this week and, and, and this morning. But anyway, um, in the book of James, chapter three, I want to read uh, a couple of verses. And uh, more than two, but I'll just read a couple to start with. Not many of you should be should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So those couple of verses there, what I want to share with you from those two verses is is this. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to give you a visual example of this because I would probably fall and have to have somebody to help me back up here. 
But stumbling, we all stumble in so many ways. And one of the ways that James said that we stumble is in what we say or how we say it. Um, he said those that are able to, to keep in check what they say are, are really, really far ahead in the game. Now, he didn't say it that way, okay? But it's in there. Read between the lines. He said we all stumble in so many ways. And I, I don't know about you guys, but that one thing, if, if I could just, if I could just get a hold of that one thing in my life, my life would be so much better. And that is watching what I say, thinking about what I say. Have you, have you talk, been talking to somebody and just as quick as you said something, you knew that you shouldn't have said that? Any of you guys with me on that? You just knew you shouldn't have said that. Okay. I'm, how many of you, well, a, a really good example is, is people that are married. I mean, you don't have to wonder, you don't have to wonder whether you shouldn't, have, sorry about that. I get kind of excited. You guys on the front, front, front row, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, as soon as you say it, that you're in trouble. And you knew you shouldn't have said that. So it's, it's sort of like, um, how many of you guys have watched the episode? Now, you know that I have to share this with you. It's just, just, just get ready for it, okay? I was going to do a video, but I couldn't figure out exactly how to get that video in there, so I'm just going to share it with you. We say words that are like what Andy Griffith told Eleanor, whatever her last name was, it won't hit me right now, Ellie Walker, thank you. It hit me about the time you said that. Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker was going to run for council person. Okay? They had no men on the city council. So Ellie was going to run for it. Because she didn't think it was right that there was no ladies there. And Andy said, well, why do you think they call it council men? <laughs> right? Whoa, he shouldn't have said that. And then he said, you know what? Uh, that's just plain silly, a woman running. And that, you could just see the expression on her face. She said, well, I'm going to run. Not in those so many words. But she decided to run. And Andy's word that he got stuck on and got in trouble over was the word silly. And he said it three times in a row. And he told Ellie, he said, that is just one of those greasy words that just slips out. Do you have any of those words that just slip out on you? All right. Now, we have to be careful. We have to think about these things. But if we stumble, if we can, if we can keep ourselves in check, and not stumble in what we say. Man, we are. I would be so much better off. I'm, I'm just telling you, I would. So anyway, sometimes I just need to tell myself, shut your mouth, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, he's talking about people stumbling. And, and then he gives us some examples of how to control these things. He says, first of all, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So the first example is a horse. And I brought a... I brought a visual aid here. I didn't bring a horse, okay? I didn't bring a horse. I thought about it, but I didn't know how to get him through the door. But uh, some of you guys may know what this right here is. I thought I might get let you come up here and do that. But anyway, there is kind of an example of how it fits, okay? You bring the, bring the reins back over here. Now, how, how wide would you say this right here is? Anybody? Four inches, five, six, just according to how big your horse's mouth is. But I, I'd say it's probably five or six inches. 
But here, here's the amazing thing about this right here, this little bit. This little piece of metal right here can turn a 1,200-pound horse to the right, to the left, straight ahead. Isn't that amazing? That is just amazing. And that, that is such a small thing. And our, our mouths and our tongues is such a small thing, but it controls so much. It carries so much weight, pun intended there. 1,200 pounds, get it? Okay, anyway. All right, let's lay this back over here. So the horse, you can guide them. So we have to watch what we say. And then he gives us, James gives us another example. He said, let me get down to where I was. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So these huge ships, on the very back of them is this little rudder. It just turns and guides the whole ship. Isn't that just amazing how that one rudder can turn that whole ship and he turns it with a wheel up front? Or for another modern, a modern day example, we, we, you know, some of us have boats. I don't have a boat, but some of you guys do. I've been on boats and I've uh, taken them across the water. They shouldn't have let me, but I did anyway. On the back of that boat is a little fan, a little blade, and there's a little place on the back behind the fan that's kind of straight. And wherever you turn that, that's where the boat goes. It just controls that huge boat and even with the rudder of the ship. So the example here is this this is such a small, small item, but yet it, it has so much influence on the direction of the ship. Now, how does that apply to us? This little tongue right here, what I say, has so much to do with where my life goes. You know, people have gotten in so much trouble over what they said. When did they know it? You know, you've heard that question. What did they know and when did they know it? Well, the best thing to do is say, I don't know anything, right? But anyway, some people just get carried away and tell on themselves. So that's the example of the ship. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. And then he gives us one, a third example. He says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small, by a small spark. There's an old song that I remember from when I was a teenager, and that was a long time ago, maybe even younger than that. Um, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Any of y'all remember that song? The old count song. And soon all those around can warm up to its glowing. Well, you, you just take a match. Uh, I, I saw this. I also watch Gunsmoke, okay? Sorry. But you see those old cowboys get out there in the, in the desert or the wilderness, and they'll start a fire with just one match and some sagebrush or some of that stuff blowing around. They just grab it, and in, in less than five minutes, they got a good campfire going. You know, of course, that's TV. But we know that it only takes a little bit of a flame to cause huge forest fires. We know that. And so as an example of a flame, and I should have a match or something, but I don't, but this right here. If we had a nice candle, we could light that candle. And people's houses have burnt down because of a candle near a window. And then the, wind, the candle catches the curtains on fire, and it's, it's gone. So we know how dangerous that can be and how, how great of a, 
a change that will make in the lives of everybody it touches. Just I, yeah, I don't, you all watch the news. You can't help but see all the all the forest fires, and those usually started by just one either careless act or maybe even just a, a, a bolt of lightning. So that one little spark makes such a great difference. And then James tells us that the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I want you all to think about um, one of the prettiest or handsomest people you can think about. Now, don't name any names. Most of you better name your wife, okay? But uh, think about the, the most gorgeous lady or the most handsome man you can think about. Now, I want you to imag imagine that you're eating lunch with them. You're not going to get dinner because dinner's you have to do a movie too and you're not going to do that. So you're doing lunch with them. I don't know where that came from. And you're talking with them, and you're sitting across the table. But about every other word that comes out of their mouth is cuss word. Now, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but if, if you want to make me uncomfortable, just use bad language. It just, I just, I can't hardly stand it. I can't, I don't want to be around it. Um, I, I can't watch most movies. Because the cussing just turns me off. I just, I can't get over it. I can't get around it. And maybe it's a good thing that I can't get over it or get around it. But anyway, if, if there's cussing in it, I just, it just turns me off. I just can't watch it. And it's the same way with a, a handsome person or the handsome person or the handsome lady or <laughs> handsome lady. Uh, that's an old term from Gunsmoke too. Uh, a gorgeous lady or a handsome guy. When, when they talk like that and use this kind of language, it, it just turns most people off. And so it, it, it's just a really, it corrupts the whole body. It just, it's, they're a, a very beautiful person, but then they use this language and it just don't fit. It just, it's not good. So it's, the Bible says that it's set on uh, fire. The life is set on fire, fire by hell. And then James start, starts talking about how that the, the tongue is so hard to tame how so hard to control. He talks about all the different animals. He says uh, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures, and are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Um, somebody named one of the weirdest pets you've ever had. A cat. Cats are weird. Cats are the devil, mama. Sorry. Spider monkey. Um, anybody ever had a pet possum? There you go. My, I had a pet possum. <laughs> he was mean, mean, and I don't, I don't know why he was so mean. But I, I caught him. He was about half grown, and uh, I tried to pet on him, you know. And he would, he would try to bite me. Have you ever, ever been bit by a possum? Anybody? Man, they got needle sharp teeth, and man, they'll, they'll tear you up. Okay. But I'd, I'd uh, try to pet on that possum. He'd try to bite me, and he'd get a hold of me every now and then. So what I'd do, I'd just smack him around a little bit. <laughs> so you know what happened next? 
the possum would play possum. <laughs> he would sell up, okay? <laughs> and I said, okay, I've got my possum tamed now. <laughs> so I reached down to pet on him again. After a minute or two, he'd come back out of that and he'd bite me again. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with that crazy thing. Oh, but that was my weird pet. He was not going to be tamed. Okay. Oh boy. Anyway, all these animals being tamed, these weird animals, and and some animals, you know, you don't think could be tamed. I don't see how an elephant can be so docile. But so many animals, tigers, uh, people have snakes. I mean, I, I cannot have a pet snake. I don't want a pet snake. No, mate. i got a friend that tells me, I'm going to bring my snake over to your house and let you hold the snake. I said, no, no. And it's one of those big old fat ones. No snakes for me. But these, these all these animals and creatures... <laughs> They've been tamed, but no human being can tame the tongue. No human being. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise God and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Something that kind of bothers me. Now, I, I'm, I'm just kind of weird. I know, kind of odd. We all are kind of different in our own ways, right? But something that bothers me is um, someone that, uh, I, I want to say this in a nice way, I don't know if I can or not. Someone that goes to church on Sunday morning and then you see them Monday or Tuesday and they're using bad language. I, I'm just stuck on this language thing. I, I think that a, a, a people that, a, a and people that believe, that say they are changed, that claim to be God's people, they should not go out and use bad language. It just it, it just don't go together. It just bothers me. But we know that according to James, that the tongue is the hardest thing to, to change, the hardest thing to to tame. So what do we do? What are we going to do? Well, if we can't tame the tongue and no human can... We're going to have to let God do it. That's the only way that we can watch what we say and say the right thing. And that's hard to do. On our own, we can't do it. No human can do it. He says, no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And the, the tongue is praising God and then cursing at the same time. Now, I know, I know that things happen that, if a person grows up with bad language and cussing, then when they're grown, it's hard for them to get away from that. Um, have you ever heard the expression, cussing a blue streak? You heard that? Um, my dad was a cussing man. I mean, and my step-grandfather was a cussing man. You should have heard some of the things he called his own boys, right? But... So it would have been, but would have been easy for me to fall into that. My dad was also an alcoholic, and I could have fall, fallen into that too. Thank God, my mom took me to church, and God had more influence on me than my dad. But anyway, it would have been easy for me to just fall into that and just just cuss. And I have to confess to you 
that sometimes I will cuss in my mind. <laughs> You're not going to hear me, okay? And I have to confess to God. It's between me and God, okay? But it, sometimes something will happen, and I will cuss in my mind, okay? And, and uh, my favorite substitute cuss word when I was growing up, and some of y'all may have heard me say, say this before, my favorite cuss word, my go-to cuss word was by granny, okay? By granny. That was my word, okay? But uh, we have these substitute cuss words. But we cannot tame the tongue ourselves. We have to allow God to help us. And he's, he, James tells us here that, you know, those that have, say things uh, that they praise God and then curse other humans who have been made in God's likeness, that's just not a good thing. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No. You, you go to a well, and if that well has distasteful or bitter water, you're not going to put the bucket down in that well again and find a fresh spot in that well. It's all going to be bitter. We, we had um, bitter water in Kentucky, and there was nothing you could do about it. We even put filters on it, and it's, it, it was still not good to drink. But you can't have fresh and good water and bad water or salt water from the same spring. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's it's just not nat and James didn't even go in to try to explain it, but it's just not natural for both fresh water and salt water to come out of the same spring. So it's not it shouldn't happen to us that out of the same mouth comes praises to God and then curses to other people, what we say. Um, and like I said, I know that we're going to slip sometimes, but it shouldn't be a lifestyle. Let's look in Ephesians 4 and 29. I want to read a couple of verses, or just one verse there. This is a long verse. But look look with, with me, if you will, in Ephesians 4, 29. And, and for the next few minutes, I'm just going to share a few verses, just one verse here, there, and yonder about the tongue and about, um, and most of them are from, from Proverbs, by the way. But uh, Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any un, uh, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So there's, there's some precise instructions on what to say and how to say it. Uh, anything that's unwholesome, we don't say it. Um, some of the, yeah, I keep on picking on Christian people, but I is one. We hear so many people that claim to be Christians and they're going to heaven and they tell dirty jokes. Do you know, don't raise your hand, but do you know a Christian that tells dirty jokes? I used to tell a few <laughs> I'm not going to tell any this morning. <laughs> uh, I've kind of, I've, I hope that I've got beyond that. But uh, they just tell a, a joke and it's, it's no big deal to them. Um, but, but the Bible tells us that anything unwholesome should not come out of our mouth. And if it's not going to be of help, then we shouldn't say it. It should build other people up according to their needs. 
and it should benefit those who listen. What we say ought to build others up and help those that are even listening. Not, not those that we're talking to directly, but those that are around even those that we are talking to. When we share with each other, it should be building others up and not just not just unwholesome talk or you can put whatever you want in there. Now, if you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs and we're going to be there for a while. And then Psalms is just before Proverbs. We're going to look at a couple of verses there. Proverbs 15.1. This is just some good sound advice on, on taming your tongue or, or keep being able to watch what you say. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, and most of you guys know that verse. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Someone can say something to you and it will may, maybe be something that made you mad or that you didn't like. But the way that you respond to what they said makes a big difference in the rest of the conversation and maybe the rest of your relationship with that person forever. Okay? What we say carries a lot of weight. So if somebody says something to you, like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, um, you did something stupid. Now, I know most of y'all never do anything stupid. But I do. But you do something stupid. And somebody calls you on it. And they say, why did you do that, you little idiot? <laughs> I used to be called a buzzard. I'd, I'd do something stupid and Diane would call me a buzzard. She said, you old buzzard? Of course, I had a, a, I'm trying to say scraggly. I had a weird, my beard was not neat, okay? It was, it was just, it was everywhere. Red, white, blue, gray, just whatever. I didn't trim it, you know. Can you all imagine that? <laughs> so anyway, uh, call me an old bug or somebody calls you stupid. Your response is going to change. Um, it's going to control what goes on. So if, if I would say, okay, what I should say maybe is, I know what I did was stupid. And I'm only human, darling. I'm trying to do better. <laughs> right? No. I'm exaggerating, I know, but that's a soft answer. Now, what if that, that person said, I can't believe you did that, that was so stupid? What if I just got mad and said, well, if you think you can do it any better, do it yourself. You ever said that? I know, I have, you have, come on. So, a soft answer, it just turns away, it, just, it turns away the wrath, it diffuses the situation, okay? I don't like trouble, I, I like things to be smooth and peaceful. It's not like that very often. That's the way I like it. Anyway, Proverbs 21, verse 23 says, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Our tongues can get us in so much trouble so quickly. That's just sound advice. Proverbs 18, 21. Sounds like a date in history, doesn't it? It was a date in history. I just don't know if anything really big happened in that year. Some of you history buffs may be able to tell us something. But 1821 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You have to be careful what you say. Power of life and death. That's very powerful. Very powerful. Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. And discerning if they hold their tongues. 
That's a good one, isn't it? I like that one. They probably have no idea what's going on or what the conversation's about. But if they just chill, the foolish even look wise. Right? Man. You ever, have you ever heard of uh, the, someone saying, well, that person don't talk much, but when they do, it's pretty smart. You better listen, right? Well, they might be like me, just don't know what to say. <laughs> right? Just uh, foolish, right? But even the foolish, they seem wise. And they just keep quiet. And, and, and if you don't have anything worth saying, try to keep, keep that to yourself. That's what we ought to do. Then Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. Wait a minute, I just read that one, didn't I? Sorry. Even fools seem to be wise when they keep silent. All right, the next one will be uh, Proverbs 17, 9. Same chapter. Look back at verse 9. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Now this, this verse is, all, all these verses in Proverbs and Psalms, I'm going to sum them up in just a minute in something pretty concise that may help us. But if you want, you've heard the expression, love covers a multitude of sins. That's another another um, interpretation of this verse. Looking over an offense, look, there's some things that happens in our lives and, and, and there's some things that people will do to us that we just need to overlook. Some things that just, don't matter just they don't matter what's it going to matter think about a week from now or a year from now everybody's going to forget it anyway except barney he's not one to forget another andy griffith quote there sorry no i'm not anyway love will cover this and we need to just let these things go and then uh chapter 26 verse 20 says and this is a really good one right here. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without goss a gossip, a quarrel, quarrel dies down. Back to the campfire. You got a campfire going. And it's wood. Most people burn wood. We burned coal. I'm from Kentucky. We burned coal at our campfire. Everybody had soot on their face when you came home the next morning. And you smelled like coal. But most people have wood. So if you've got a, a fire burning with wood, if you don't keep that wood going, it's going to go out pretty quickly, isn't it? And if it's a cold night, you're going to get cold pretty quickly if you don't keep that fire going. Well, with, with a gossip or a quarrel, if you, if you take away the wood from the fire, it's going to go out. If you just let it die, it'll go away. Think about that. Just let it go. <laughs> Sorry. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. It takes two people to have a quarrel. It takes two people, at least, for gossip. Okay? Now, if someone wants to tell you some gossip and you don't listen to it or just share with them softly and gently, I'd rather not hear that, then that's going to go away. They're going to have to go find another poor soul to irritate and aggravate, right? But if we just don't listen to it or just let it go. And I've, I've probably shared this with you guys before about gossip. About, some of you may have not heard it. It takes two people to gossip. 
And a lot of times someone will either call you or see you somewhere. And you know, you know right away when they say that first expression or first part, you know that it's gossip. You know what they say? Law children, we need to pray for old so-and-so. You heard that? Okay. We should stop right there and pray for old so-and-so, right? But they don't stop there. They go in to telling you all the sin that poor so-and-so is fallen into, right? They just, and, and a lot of times when they come to us and say, we need to pray for old so-and-so, then, then we'll say, what what they do? What what's going on? Right? Because we, we just kind of fan the fire. We 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 act interested in, but we know it's going to be gossip. So if we just say, All right, if we need to pray for so and so, let's do it. But let's not talk about them. And you stop it right there. And then it don't go any farther. The tongue has very is very powerful. And we can we can keep that going and you know, it, that person may have gotten their information wrong. And so here we are talking about so-and-so, and we're going we're gonna to call somebody else and get, let them pray for them too, right? But we tell them all about what's going on and what they've done and how you need a sight, right? But it's going on. But if we stop it and pray for them, their lives may be changed forever. You know, a lot of people... And I don't have to tell you this, just, just watch the news. But a lot of people's whole lives are completely changed for the worse. I don't know if that's the right English there. But for the worse, because of gossip or because of lies or misinformation or jealousy, all of these things. And it, it can ruin, just ruin people. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers. They think about what they're going to say. Think about your answer. And you know, sometimes we, we don't have a chance to do that. Sometimes somebody will ask us something and just, just like spur of the moment, we need to give them an answer. I don't know. But if at all possible, we need to slow down and think about the answer so that we can maybe give them the the best answer, and not just gush out evil, okay? And then uh, Psalm 14, Psalm 141.3 is, is a prayer. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Now, I'm not going to say that doors means you've got a big mouth. You should have used the singular and just said door, right? <laughs> no, but anyway. It's a prayer that the psalmist prayed Set a guard over my mouth. And that should be my prayer, our prayer. Lord, help me to watch what I say. And, and help me to say things in a, in a way that will build people up. Keep watch over the door, door of my lips. That is singular, isn't it? Hmm. The door of my lips. Psalm 19.14 says, May these words of my mouth and these meditation and the med this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So there we have several verses talking about watching what we say and how we say it. Let me just throw something up here on the board. And this this is not original with me. Um, I learned this several years ago. Don't know where it came from. 
or I would give credit to somebody else. But this is uh, just a uh, an acrostic. I like those. I like to take a word and write another word and it stands for something. So this this is going to help us to think about what we say. Okay? So we take the, the first letter of the word think and we want to ask ourselves, is what we're about to say true? Okay, that's the first test of what we say or whether we should even say it or not. So is it true? I'll just write it over here. Sometimes we repeat things and we don't even know if they're true or not. Have you ever done that? It may be true. It, it At least if it ain't true, it's pretty good stuff, right? Mm. So we need to think about it. Is this true? And then the H, is this helpful? Now I know that some of you guys back there are going to be kind of kind of nervous about what I just wrote up there. The first word is uppercase, and then lowercase. It'd be okay, all right. Just just chill. But is it helpful? Is is what I'm about to say going to help the situation? And you all know people as well as I do. They are so good. It's saying just the wrong thing at the right time. You know anybody like that? I'm not going to name names, but there's somebody in my life that does me like that all the time. Bye, Granny. <laughs> Sorry. Make you cuss, make you want to cuss almost. But is it helpful? And they say things that's not helpful at all. And then the I. I'll, I'll try to keep all the ones on the right uppercase for you guys okay is what i am about to say inspiring can y'all see that if you can't you can come up after the service and take a picture take it home but is what i what i'm about to say what i'm going to say is it inspiring is it going to build people up um is it going to point them to god is it going to point them to doing the right thing? Then the N stands for, anybody want to take a guess? Yes. A for the day, right there. And my, I know my N is leaning the wrong way. N-E-C. I knew I was going to get stuck on that one. E, another E. S-S-A-R-Y. Y'all can spell check later, okay? But is what I'm about to say or going to say, is it necessary? Should I even be saying this? And sometimes the answer is no. You shouldn't be saying that. It's just not important. Don't say it. And then the last one, anybody want to guess what the K would stand for? Yep. I'm going to get down here and write that one. Okay. And for all you guys that are nervous about the upper and low K, there you go. Now. You can rewrite this on your own later on if you want to. But uh, is, is what I am is what I'm going to say, is it kind? If, if it's going to be hurtful, then we need, to, we need to either keep it to ourselves or figure out a way to say it that it's not hurtful. It needs to be kind. And, and that, that one necessary. 
what, what we're going to say may be true. What we're thinking about saying, it may be true, but it's definitely not necessary. I mean, if somebody does something stupid, most of the time they know they did something stupid. They don't need me or you to point it out to them. It's not necessary. So we need to think about what we say. And I hope that you can take that and use it. That's my challenge, my challenge at the end of the sermon. Take that. Think about what you say. We need to tame the tongue, okay? And, and um, next Sunday, we'll have a test and see how you did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, just think about what you're saying, okay? Let's pray together. Our God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can learn from it and that you inspire us and that you lift us up. And God, I just thank you that you are willing to help us tame our tongues. God, just help us to watch what we say and how we say it. Help us to lift each other up. And God, I pray for anyone that may may be here today that don't know you. I pray that they would just realize that you're the one and only way. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. We ask in his name. Amen.